Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Older Adult to Geriatric Nutrition Answers podcast presented to you by LongTermCareRD.com. I'm Michelle Sari, your host and presenter of today's episode. Now, before I get into today's episode, I would be remiss if I did not send um, my heartfelt condolences to all of you that have been affected um, by the terrorism that happened in Israel. I don't tend to wade into political issues. I typically try to stay with just nutrition-focused content, but I think at a certain point you have to bring yourself back to humanity and realize that everything that we do pales in comparison to the abhorrent activities that happened on the weekend. So I send my heartfelt prayers to anybody that has family in Israel that is of the Jewish community. Just know that you have my support and if there's anything that I can do, um, please feel free to re- reach out to me. At the end of every episode, I give my contact information. Um, but just know that I I wanted to make sure that as important as I feel my content is, it means nothing in light of what you or your loved ones may be going through. So now I know it's hard to transition to more lighthearted topics, um, but I do have to transition to topics related to long-term care RD because that's why many of you listen to this podcast, obviously. Um, But know that I don't make light of the situation at all. Um, I wanted to make sure that I made a comment about it because that is something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, I have friends that are of Jewish heritage and it absolutely breaks my heart what they're going through. But um, So I'm going to transition today just into what we're talking about because we have to. Uh, that's what y'all came here to tune into. So today we're going to be talking about the pros and cons of thickened liquids. Um, many of us obviously working in long-term care have a large portion of our population that is on thickened liquids. So it's not as simple as saying somebody needs thickened liquids so they're going to be on it. That's not the way we approach these types of situations. Just like with altered diet textures, we always have to take into account the individual that's going to be eating and drinking this kind of stuff. So uh, we always need to weigh quality of life, which is a struggle for many new dietitians entering into the area because you work in many other fields. Let's say acute care, if somebody has a stroke, well, it's just automatic. We're going to downgrade their diet. But when you work in long-term care, it's not the same way. Um, People have a right to choose and obviously they still do an acute care, but they're more apt to make those short-term changes. But so thickened liquids, they play a critical role in healthcare. They offer a solution to people who have trouble swallowing. Uh, Thickened Thickened fluids are perfect in their ability to aid individuals with swallowing difficulties, obviously commonly known as dysphagia, and they've become a staple in the nutrition care and management of conditions, dysphagia and the related conditions that lead to the need for thickened fluids. So while the advantages of thickened liquids, they are undeniable, they also bring a set of drawbacks that warrant some careful consideration. So whether you're a healthcare professional seeking to better understand their implications, an allied healthcare professional, or whether you're just an individual that's affected by dysphagia listening to this, I'm going to talk about both sides of the story. So 
We'll just start at the basics. So what is thickened liquids? Thickened liquids, they're regular drinks that are made typically using a commercial thickening agent so that drinks can be safely consumed by someone who has swallowing difficulty. Now, the way that it works is that thickened liquids, they have a slower transit time down the throat and the esophagus, which allows the throat muscles time to move it into the right pipe. Typically, most of the thickening agents are made from some type of starch. Now, just a funny little anecdote is when I first started in long-term care, which would have been almost nine years ago now, which is crazy, I worked in a facility that used cornstarch to thicken liquids. And now, just based on, there's much more availability of these um, pre-made products, the uh, thickened powders is a lot more appetizing and it doesn't really change the taste of the fluid, but just thinking back, nine years really is not that long ago. Granted, this facility was a little more behind on uh, current practices, but just to think that people used cornstarch, and if you have, let's say, made gravy, for example, you know that putting cornstarch in a liquid, it doesn't work long term. And so you can mix it in, but eventually it's just going to settle and clump on the bottom and then you have a not thickened liquid, especially if it's a cold liquid, which hopefully most are. So now it's great that there are so many products available to long-term care facilities and individuals, but that's not that long ago, people. So <laughs> just think things will change in the next number of years as well. Now, some pros of thickened liquids they can be beneficial for the individual that needs to have them. And so some of the key benefits are obviously a reduced risk of aspiration pneumonia, improved swallowing safety, enhanced nutritional intake, because if someone is constantly coughing and choking on a liquid, they're not going to want to keep drinking that much. And that is honestly a big red flag when you see somebody uh, showing signs of dehydration, let's say they're getting more UTIs, something to look at is their fluids because if they're not drinking enough, they are more prone to those conditions. And maybe it is because the liquids make them so uncomfortable. So maybe you do need to look at thickened liquids for them. Uh, some other pros are improving quality of life, reducing the risk of hospitalization. But then there's also obviously cons that come with thickened liquids. It's the thickened fluids, they're typically given as a matter of health and safe swallowing, not by a choice or a preference. So some of the cons are they have an altered taste and texture that's unappealing. More often than not, it's the texture that's unappealing because the way the market has evolved in thickened fluids is they've improved it so much that it doesn't really alter the taste that much, if at all. So if you're a dietitian listening to this and you're giving out thickened fluids, I really encourage you to try everything that you're giving to your patients. You want to know, are there ways that we can improve things? And you can only improve things if you know what the current state is. So if you're ordering a new thickened fluid product, try it, taste it, see the different fluid textures. Does the taste, is it appealing? You can even do a tasting panel, which is a really cool initiative that I've thought of in recent months is doing a tasting panel for altered diet textures. I'll get into that. I don't want to go down too much of a rabbit trail, but in a future podcast episode, I will be talking about things like that, like a new initiative that you can try in your facility. 
Um, some more cons though are difficulty in hydration because some people don't find that it quenches their thirst as much as a thin fluid. You also have some limited beverage choices. If you're ordering in pre-thickened liquids, they don't have the availability that you would have in your facility for thin liquids. Compliance challenges, so we all know that facilities that thicken their liquids in-house, you do have some compliance challenges and making sure that everything is the texture that it's supposed to be can be a bit of a pain sometimes. Uh, preparation and storage can be a bit of a hassle and nutritional concerns if they do alter the nutrition. Most don't, so that is a very minor con I would say. And the cost of purchase, it is expensive. Um, it is not the same cost as just a thin liquid, so that does have to be taken into account, though it won't change how much you're ordering. Now there's different levels of thickened liquids, so this is kind of just a history lesson almost, is that we did used to call them nectar and honey thick. Um, they did change when IDSI came along, and I think most facilities, whether you've adopted IDSI or not, have changed the IDSI thickened liquids at least because some facilities obviously you will be ordering in thickened liquids whether it's the powder or it's the actual thickened liquids themselves and now it's mildly thick or moderately thick so that is just a little background on it um, but why would somebody need this thickened liquids they're made for individuals that have a swallowing difficulty and it can be as a result of a health condition, so we see it quite frequently when somebody has a stroke. Uh, if somebody has head, neck, or throat cancer treatments, they may need temporarily thickened liquids just because of the treatments that they're going through. Dementia is a very, it's not talked about as much as being the cause of the reason that somebody needs thickened liquids, but it is a reason. Um, as people age, their throat muscles weaken with time. Some people may maintain enough that they'll never need any thickened liquids, but some lose their muscle strength in their throat enough that they do need that little extra help. So it affects different areas of the throat. There's four different types of dysphagia, and I always recommend, especially to new dietitians, get a speech language pathologist involved. I've talked about it in previous episodes, but it's so important to have somebody on your team that is an expert in swallowing. And dietitians, we're just not. We are, I would call us the rookies, <laughs> um, that there's been a lot of great progress in getting dietitians educated in it, but we're just not there. And we, we shouldn't feel the need to get to be experts in swallowing because that's why we have our wonderful speech language pathologist. So if you have somebody that you need to get on thick and liquids, I strongly advise send out that referral, work as a team approach to it. And some frequently asked questions that I have gotten in the past is, well, what if somebody refuses thickened liquids? They've tried it, or even if they haven't, they just don't want it. Well, quality of life needs to be weighed heavily when someone requires thickened fluids. There are circumstances where someone will refuse thickened fluids. They need to be educated on the risks of not having them. If they have dysphagia, it's important to be letting them know that they are at a high risk of aspiration pneumonia and that can lead to early mortality or premature death. 
I do recommend having a team discussion about this. You shouldn't, as a dietitian, feel like you're alone in having this discussion because there are a lot of risks associated with declining thickened fluids. We know that aspiration pneumonia and pneumonia leads to a significant amount of deaths in long-term care. And so when somebody starts to refuse the thickened fluids, you'll never go in there and scare tactic them or shame them because they don't want to have it. No, that's not what our focus of the conversation is. Our focus of the conversation in those scenarios is to make sure that they fully grasp the weight of declining your recommendation for thickened fluids. And it's going to happen. I would venture to say that almost every single dietitian in long-term care has had to have this discussion once or twice before. And in these scenarios, it's all about educating them. And you're not doing it just once. I like to do this at least quarterly because just because somebody has declined thickened fluids once doesn't mean in the future they're not going to reevaluate how they're feeling, the maybe the sicknesses that have come along with declining. They may change their mind and at a certain point say, you know what, I think it's time for me to try these thickened fluids again because I am having a lot of trouble at meals, chewing, swallowing, those types of things. So don't be afraid to, at every quarterly assessment, to rehab that discussion because it actually is a requirement with the survey process and audits, whatever you have, is that you're constantly reevaluating somebody's nutrition care plan. And reevaluating a nutrition care plan involves having those discussions about what their current nutrition care plan is, what their current nutrition goals are, and where you want to get to. So have that discussion. It's okay if somebody declines thickened fluids. That's their choice, and that's in. I would say most, if not all, resident bill of rights that are required in long-term care facilities is that they have the right to choose and refuse different levels of care. So that's my best advice with handling those situations. Another question that I get is, do thickened fluids cause dehydration? Now, no, thickened fluids do not in themselves cause dehydration, but some people that take thickened fluids do not find that it quenches their thirst. They might not enjoy taste or texture, which will result in them not drinking as much fluids, which may result in dehydration. So we typically recommend at least eight cups of fluids per day. And as they're older adults, they're at higher risk of dehydration, increased risk of UTIs, like I said, and some serious health issues. So in those scenarios where somebody is suffering from dehydration, I would recommend trying a lot of different fluids for them. Um, You can stick with all thickened fluids. There's a lot of great options out there. So I would just say, try different options, get them, maybe do a little tasting session with them to find a fluid that they like. If you're a facility that orders in pre-thickened fluids, maybe order in some thickening powder and see if you can find one that they like. The extra effort is always worth bettering their health. And another question is what fluids can't be thickened? So this is something that varies. I have found in my history that there are some oral nutritional supplements that are very difficult to thicken or they don't thicken well. Now, some facilities will say MedPass 2.0 or resource uh, that at refrigerated temperatures, it is nectar thick or mildly thick. What you need to evaluate in those circumstances though is, is it being served at refrigerated temperature or is it being taken out a couple hours before, put on the nursing med cart, and then hand it out later because these are just little catches that you need to make sure that you're monitoring for. So I wouldn't say there's a general consensus about fluids that can't be thickened, 
but there are some that don't hold the thickening agent quite as well. And that is something that you'll need to evaluate and do the flow test from IDSI in your facility. So some takeaway points from today is someone with dysphagia should not automatically be given thickened fluids. Discussions should be held about their goals of care, quality of life, and at the end of the day, their wishes should be respected. The registered dietitian should always be honest about the pros and cons of thickened liquids when discussing the options. A registered dietitian, speech language pathologist, and a doctor should always be involved in discussion where someone chooses not to have thickened fluids. Thickened fluids can be a great, safe alternative to keep someone swallowing safely and reduce, reduce serious health risks. And ensuring someone on thickened fluids gets a minimum of eight cups per day. Just because they're on thickened fluids does not change their fluid requirements. So that is just a brief overview of the pros and cons of thickened fluids and how you should handle these discussions. Now, lastly, I just want to touch on the Ultimate Long-Term Care Dietitian's Reference Guide. It is a comprehensive companion for any dietitian working with the older adult population. It has over 140 pages of comprehensive nutrition information for dietitians working in long-term care. The guide is filled with cheat sheets, so you won't have to search for every answer on Google and in Facebook groups all the time. It's a downloadable ebook, so you can always have it with you. Feel free to print it if you want to. It's available in our shop, and it is so much cheaper than so many options out there, but I made sure that I touched on the basic topics and went in depth on the areas that you need to know working in long-term care. If you're a new dietitian, this will be the handiest guide for you to have because I go into individualized nutrition care plans, exactly how to do a nutrition assessment. I give you exact recommendations for many chronic conditions that we deal with in long-term care. I tell you how to have those difficult end-of-life conversations. I go into regulation, documentation, and quality improvement. So I'm going to link it in the show notes, but this was a ebook that was written by a practicing dietitian for practicing dietitians. At the Long-Term Care RD, I'm not this giant corporation that just constantly tries to pump out books and educational things all the time. I really take my time when I'm making this stuff for you guys because I put in here exactly what I want to know as I go through my day. So equip yourself with this indispensable reference guide because it's going to help you so much when you're searching for answers all the time. So that's all I have for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening and to all you great people that tune in every week that are a part of the email list that are reading the articles. I just want to say thank you. I'm a one-man show over here. I am the face of Long-Term Care RD, and I'm the one behind the scenes pumping out these articles, trying my best to do resources for you. And I want to thank all of you guys because over the past almost three years that I've been running this, the emails that you guys send me, they make all the difference in the world. To know that there are dietitians that I'm helping feel less alone working in long-term care and making your jobs easier, that is exactly why I started doing this and why I want to continue doing this for you guys because I know what I was looking for when I started out and kept working and I want to keep doing that for everybody. So just wanted to say thank you. Um, Be sure to like and follow the show on your Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to the podcast. And if you could do me a huge favor and just give this show a five-star rating, 
it's free for you guys. It's no cost to anybody, but it just helps the show get in front of more people that would find this information useful. You can share it with people that you would find might find this information helpful. You can find me and follow me on Facebook and Instagram at LongTermCareRD. Find the website at www.LongTermCareRD.com. And in the show description notes, you will find an article and the relevant links that I talked about today. Hope you have a great week.